0: Hey guys, welcome to the Dr. Fitchin Show. Here, powered by Rugged Athlete. We are in the Pain Cave. I have Dr. Steve Baker with me. Uh, I hope that you've listened to our previous um, podcast, but if you not, if not, um, you better strap on your big boy pants, big girl pants today, because we're going to talk about some things that are, you know, just a little. Uh...
1: The word is controversy.
0: Okay. Yes but shh, shh, we're not gonna talk about it, these things. Um, so besides being a rugged athlete, I mean, you're you you haunt, you're in the mountains, you are um, living the rugged athlete lifestyle. Part of your, what, you're also a chiropractor, we talked about that, your wife is a chiropractor, you have a phenomenal family, um, you are living a sustainable or working towards, right? We're all working towards just living a sustainable lifestyle. And,
1: you know, I would say 40 <laughs> chickens, a greenhouse, uh, the beginning of a ranch and a garden. Like I'm at least like a couple steps into it. Like it's coming along.
0: You're getting there, you know, not off grid hundred percent yet.
1: No, probably gonna go geothermal soon, but anyway, hold nice. on the conversation. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Along with this lifestyle, and I love, like, just bringing it all in because, you know, what most people don't know about you is you were, um, well, you, you like, have, have established a platform that is hardcore, um, and you are passionate and um, have, like, committed committed your life, really, to getting a certain message out, one that you were willing to be ridiculed on the Jimmy Kimmel show, right? Yeah. Um, you get lots of hate mail, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, why? Number one, and what is it? What is it, what is it that you talk about? And you know, where where did your passion from this come from?
1: Well, I became quite okay with nobody liking me, uh, probably about five years ago, and but I, I said to myself, people can either love me or hate me. I just don't want people to like me. And I think that anybody that's ever done anything that mattered, or or really helped a lot of people. There's probably no one that really liked them. They either loved them or hated them. And so I've been kicked off of Spotify. I've had my Instagram channel deleted twice. uh, Facebook three times. Uh, YouTube has deleted me at least once and I'm always in YouTube jail. I got a letter from the Attorney General of Idaho telling me I could no longer talk about this stuff. And uh, I was on the front page of BuzzFeed News I was in naturalnews.com and then that's how Jimmy Kimmel's, whoever they are, found me and then I got roasted on Jimmy Kimmel. Um, I talk about vaccines and I started talking about vaccines a lot in 2018 and so I dove into it big time and when I say dove into it, I mean I spent six months like geeking out on this stuff and created my own website to be able to educate parents and, and uh, expecting moms and families and, and ultimately give you the, the person that's going, hmm. I don't really know, like I'm not sure if I, I'm not sure about this vaccine thing because I I wanna try to meet you where you are because I I don't wanna just steamroll into you because you go, oh, okay, well, I'm not gonna listen to that. It's totally different than what I've heard. This guy must be crazy. Mm -hmm. So I've really perfected the ability to meet people where they are and ask really great questions and promote really great thoughts and then they ask questions back. And so I, I would say that I'm probably one of the world's best at having a vaccine conversation with people because when I first started, it was like, hey, it's bad, blah, 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 And if you just yell at somebody that something's bad and that's something that they fundamentally think is correct, you lose people. And so we've really got to take a step back and start asking the right questions and, and provoking positive thoughts. And, and so I created a website to do that because to me, when I started looking into it, there was no bigger lie. There was no bigger uh, deceptive entity than vaccinations. Because when you really, really understand it, there's nothing that comes out of it besides problems and money. And the money's not for you and me.
0: Okay, hold that thought right there. Because before we like just jump into it, <clears throat> I, I feel like there's a lot more people that like you're right. Like before there was like, it's no question. Like, hey, you go, you get your kids vaccinated, flu shots comes around every year, you go get it done. Like there's, you're not even allowed to question it. You know, it was like, this is, this is what you do. To, to help yourself? Maybe be
1: 10% healthy. of people. Maybe 10% of people in the United States questioned vaccines or didn't want any of them. And I would say that since the pandemic, um, you'll, you'll notice that I, I put an L in there quite on purpose. Um, since that started, that number has gone up to at least 30% of people that, that don't want anything to do with it anymore because they've seen what's really behind the scenes.
0: And that's, that's probably one of the good things that actually came out of this. Is the it's, main good people thing. People are questioning, even though it's really tragic, is that we're not allowed to question. Like, even just having this conversation, like, we're we're now put on the radar, right? Like, you know, it, just asking questions. I think people are, are searching, like, what is the answer? And, and, and most importantly, it's like, what do I do? What's the best decisions that I can make for my family? What, what can I do for our, you know, the health? and longevity of our family. But like here lately, more and more people are starting to ask because you can't cover up what's happening right now in the news. Right?
1: No. And like the, the most recent one was the NFL football player, um, 24 years old gets hit, pops right back up. Cause I've been hit a lot. Um, I've taken some good hits playing sports and if it hurt bad enough to stop my heart, I wouldn't pop right back up. I think that's pretty simple conversation. Um, if you've ever had the, if you've ever had the wind knocked out of you, which if you get hit right in the chest like that, you don't just pop right back up. But let's talk about that a little bit further because sometimes people go, "Oh, well, how do you know it was the vaccine?" Nobody knows for sure, and I'm not saying for sure, but I also think we should at least look at a couple of facts. Number one is the Buffalo Bills had a hundred percent vaccination rate going through training camp, meaning every single one of their players got vaccinated, except for Cole Beasley, who was openly against it, and he was no longer on the team. So we know for a fact the guy got the, got the shot. There's no question about that. <clears throat> then we look at, well, in 38 years, there was 1,102 athletes that had a cardiac-related problem under the age of 35. 1,102. Well, in the last two years, there's been 1,102. So in two years, there's been the same number of athletes that have had a cardiac issue than there was in 38 years prior to that. Wow. That's kind of a big deal. That's a big deal. And when we keep looking at numbers, just in the last year, it has been 767 athletes that have had a cardiac issue, cardiac arrest, couldn't, like their heart, something crazy happened on the field, just in the last year. And we're talking about extremely fit.
0: Prime of your life.
1: Prime of your life, mid 20s, early 30s athletes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that should not be having heart attacks on a sports field and so uh, to me it's completely obvious but at the same time I want to try to walk through it like this so again I'm not steamrolling people yeah like you got to at least ask the question like there's a there's no coincidence here
0: right yeah but (laughs) even if you jump to the question because I was like why are you always asking if they are vaccinated because that's it's it's not coincidental.
1: Well, I ask why they're vaccinated because what I really want is there to be a conversation about the other side of the narrative because it's always been it's safe and effective, safe and effective, safe and effective. And that's been shoved mm-hmm. down our throats for the mm-hmm. last three years and long before that, which I want to talk about today as well. But this, this narrative of safe and effective has been shoved down our throats and we're not allowed to question the safety or the efficacy of the vaccine, but you have somebody drop Drop dead, literally died on the field. I think God, is brought back to life, and he's doing better now. If you have someone drop dead, and we're not allowed to say, "Hey, could that have been?" Right? Because the NFL can't say that it was because of that. Because then what? Then they have to admit that they put hundreds of athletes in jeopardy. And then what happens? Then they have to start going, "Oh, that 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 offensive lineman that died. I guess we now we owe his family right. a story, yeah, like an explanation,
0: culpable." And money has to be paid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, I don't even get on, you know, I don't even, I don't really watch TV. But it's it's almost nearly impossible not to see, like, these pictures of the soccer players falling over, um, the collegiate basketball players it's falling over. It's been happening over. a
1: ton. It's just the difference is this was primetime, NFL, center spotlight. Everyone saw it. Everyone started talking about hard it. hard to cover that up. It didn't just... Oh, no, so, no offense to soccer players, but in America, that's not right here it's, all the yeah, time. Mm-hmm. It's not the same as mm-hmm. football. Football is. You go over to mm-hmm. Europe or you go somewhere else, and you're like, please, American football. It's whatever. Like, it's just different culturally. So that's why it's it had to blow up here so much because of that.
0: Mm-hmm. So okay, let's ta- let's talk about safe and effective.
1: First of all, if there's any side effects, it's not safe. And if it's really effective, the question has to be: Do you need it? And what happens if you don't get it?
0: And I thought, um, don't th- didn't they say, or do they still say that if you get the vaccine? Let's speak specifically COVID at this point, right? Right. Um, in the beginning, well, that was everybody's business. First of all, it was okay to ask if you had your vaccine because if you hadn't had your vaccine, you weren't allowed to do anything, right? Right. Now,
1: be- now we can't ask. Now if we can't Got ask? it? Because there's problems.
0: Yeah, but. Um, wasn't one of the claims that if you had the vaccine, you would not get COVID and you wouldn't pass it on.
1: Originally, and and I'm not going to call it a vaccine because it's not a vaccine, just so everybody knows. A vaccine would be something that would actually give you uh, what's called an attenuated, dead, or weakened bacteria or virus and deliver that into your body via an injection. And then your body would normally not recognize that at all but they put what's called an adjuvant into the vaccine which is typically aluminum or thimerosal which is another way to say mercury mm-hmm. and that heavy metal <clears throat> is what aggravates your immune system because it's seen as a massive invader or foreign invader and so that foreign body gets attacked by the immune system and then therefore because the immune system is hypersensitive to that area it goes oh there's a, a weakened polio or whatever it is there's a weakened measles virus that's how it becomes aware of that. And then in theory, then anytime you get a measles or polio infection, it would recognize that and be ready for it. It's not really the way it works, but the COVID shot doesn't do that. The COVID shot goes in and it changes your cells and makes them have what's called a spike protein because the COVID virus had a spike protein on it. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're making it so that your cells actually look like the COVID virus with a spike protein. Then your immune system recognizes that and supposedly would then recognize it when it comes into your body in a natural infection. So it's, it's changing the way your it's changing your body. It's not introducing something for your body to see and recognize mm-hmm. and build from or look at because of. It's changing yourself. It's
0: literally changing your it, coding. It, it's a
1: gene modification, not a vaccination. There is a difference. So anyway, mm-hmm. sorry to go off on a tangent, but <clears throat> what was the question?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you were, the, the claim was that you would get the vaccine oh. and you wouldn't get COVID.
1: Well, I mean, that was the claim from the media. That was the claim from your employer. That was the claim from the manufacturer. But even Anthony Fauci, who lies through his teeth, I watched. I saw an interview of him literally saying, "Well, it is, you know, in theory, you can still you get the vaccine and still get COVID and pass COVID on." I mean, he was saying that early, and I was trying to show people like, like you still same thing with masks. But uh, so yes, you can absolutely get the vaccine, still contract COVID, and still pass it on. You're, and at best, you're what, what's called an asymptomatic carrier, which means that you still have a virus in you, but you just don't even like feel it. And then you go and spit it up over everyone else. So actually vaccinated people are more dangerous than unvaccinated people because at least people that are not vaccinated would recognize that they would build a defense, have the symptom of beating that. Cause that's all the symptom is. Your body's actually in a fight to kill a virus and that's the byproduct of it. And you wouldn't go out and do something if you were like, oh my God, I feel horrible. I had COVID, knocked me on my ass. Like I wasn't going anywhere. If I got that virus and didn't know I had it, I would be doing everything I normally did. And if you are against spreading things and you would realize that the people who are vaccinated spread a lot more than the unvaccinated. So that's an even bigger problem.
0: Mm-hmm. It's interesting that you said carrier because I, uh, there's a lot of definitions that have been changed this year and last year. Um, carrier was one of them because it used to be carrier is not somebody that was symptomatic, that they knew that they had whatever the problem was. But now carrier includes anybody that is asymptomatic. So you're feeling completely fine, but
1: you're a carrier. They also changed the definition of herd immunity. Mm -hmm. Herd immunity is another entire conversation that we can have if you want, but herd herd immunity is not what you've been told it is. They changed the definition to a group of people that have all been fully vaccinated, that's herd immunity. They didn't change that until 2020. That's Mm -hmm. not the actual definition. Mm even from the the world health organization prior to 2020 that was not the definition right so herd immunity is not established based upon vaccination herd immunity is established based upon infection and overcoming an infection and passing the immunity onto the herd whether that be your offspring or your fellow neighbor it doesn't happen with inoculation
0: no and it and we're seeing that right you showed me the stats with the number of vaccinated. Go over that, um, those stats that you showed me.
1: Yeah, we came across a a graph in a study, and to paraphrase, what they did was they started looking at number of doses that each person had gotten versus infection infected by COVID, number of times you've gotten COVID. Mm -hmm. And the graph goes like this, and the higher the dose, like the more you've gotten vaccinated, the more times those people were actually contracting COVID or testing positive for it. And the unvaccinated was right here. <clears throat> now to play devil's advocate, maybe the, the people that are getting more vaccines are testing more often, right? Because a lot of times those same people are a lot more scared of it um, and or they work in a place they have to get tested all the time. Mm-hmm. Whereas you and I, we may get it, feel totally fine, back to being an asymptomatic carrier, or our body's already built true immunity to it. I have what's called real immunity to COVID mm-hmm. because I had the thing, I beat it. I don't have vaccine-induced immune suppression. That's what, Right. Mm-hmm. so maybe it's because those of us that have that are not getting tested as often. So they're not, they're not, that's not popping up on the radar as the other ones. That could be the only reason why I would see that being an invalid, you know, graph. Bottom line is the people that get the shot more often get COVID more often.
0: Mm-hmm. Can you correlate, um... I don't know maybe you do or do not look at these stats but what about like the death rate is there any correlation there
1: as far as like I mean let me make a couple points on the death rate first of all let's talk death rate of COVID itself COVID itself the death rate was extremely skewed and here's the reason why when someone died of COVID there's a difference between dying with COVID and dying from COVID and so when you have a death certificate, the death certificate has anywhere from one to five lines and the top line being the main cause of death and the lines below that being contributing factors. So let's just say, God forbid, you got in a car accident and you died of massive head trauma. The, it would say head trauma due to car accident. And then if they found alcohol in your system, it would say she'd been drinking. Like, so there's alcohol involved. Right? They wouldn't say she died from alcohol. You didn't drink yourself to death. You had a massive head trauma. You with me? Mm-hmm. And so, so a, birth, a death certificate would typically say, person died of cancer, and they tested positive for whatever virus or bacteria, and then they also had other organ failure and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Well, what they did was they changed the rules back. They uh, changed the rules so they can win the game. If you tested positive for COVID at all, like if I swab your nose and you're laying there dead, right after that car accident, swabbed your nose and I turned that in and you tested positive, that same accident, you've been out drinking, gotten a head on Friday night, died of head trauma, that would get bumped up. The COVID got bumped up. So your death certificate said you died from COVID you didn't die from COVID, you died from a head trauma because you've been boozing and, and you hit somebody, right? So that's the number one way and the reason why there was so much of a higher death, like tons of people dying from COVID, right? But then the, the cancer rates were going down because that cancer death was not showing up anymore.
0: Didn't even the flu, the flu was like completely flu, eradicated. All of that
1: kind of stuff, right? So There was so, no flu. So like they, <laughs> they modify the, the death certificates. And then <clears throat> the other thing that they're not talking about is the comorbidities that they, they never once talked about the fact that if you were actually a rugged athlete if you were actually fit if you actually got chiropractic care if you actually ate really well if you if you had you know detoxed your body if you were actually healthy for the most part you weren't dying from covid so so no one no one talked about the fact that almost every single person that was dying from the actual covid infection had multiple on average, 2.5 comorbidities, meaning they were obese, they had cancer, they had some sort of organ failure already. They were already going to die at some point. Like mm-hmm. they would have died in a windstorm. Right. <laughs> and then, flip side of that though, now that people are dying from the vaccine, it's has not. It's not the comorbidity. Whoa. There's no way that it's because he had cancer. He got the vaccine. They don't even talk about comorbidities anymore because no, now, 24-year-old athletes that are in the NFL are dying, but it.
0: No, that's just um, sudden adult onset
1: death Uh
0: or sudden adult death syndrome, SADS, right?
1: Yeah, before— It's just happening. Before it was SIDS, which, by the way, there is no such thing as SIDS. If you're watching this, there's no such thing as your baby just died. Your baby was either subluxated at birth because they turned and pulled. You had Mm -hmm. a hospital birth. Mm -hmm. Uh, your baby was poisoned on the first day because the first day of life, they're going to give them the, the H, uh, HPV, HP, sorry, hepatitis B vaccine. They're also going to give them the vitamin K shot. The vitamin K shot's not a vitamin. It's an injection that has more vitamin K than you could ever need. And it actually has a black box warning, which they only put on the most dangerous pharmaceutical drugs. And the hepatitis B shot... A, neo, a, a male neonate that gets the, the hepatitis B shot is three times more likely to develop autism. That's kind of a big deal. And do you know how you get hepatitis B? Yes. How? Huh. Dirty. Uh, Semen, saliva, and blood. At what point is a baby who's a couple hours old going to encounter any of those from somebody, and that person has to have hepatitis B? Yet they're going to vaccinate the baby with that right away.
0: And then they treat their eyes... In case of, oh, of course, there's
1: got to be ointment. Of course, they got to wipe off all the white stuff that's on there. They got mm-hmm. being born in a hospital is more dangerous than most things you're ever gonna do.
0: Which, real quick, the um, this is in this is this is not unfounded. This is in manuals. Um, a, a baby's immune system doesn't even turn on until day 28. So they really have they don't even really know what reactions are occurring. Because they're giving these things on day one when the immune system doesn't even turn on until day 28. And so they can't go back and say, okay, well, this is actually what's happening. This is what's modulating. They, they really have no clue.
1: Do you know why they started giving babies the hepatitis B vaccine on day one? Because adults with hepatitis B were not getting vaccinated. So they figured they would just go straight to the baby and try to bypass wow. the, the people that were noncompliant. But- so unless, and they do hepatitis B tests during pregnancy. Like when you're pregnant as a, as a mom, they do testing to make sure you don't have any sort of hepatitis. So unless you're a crack whore that, that skipped that week of testing and has a baby, like the chance your baby's having hepatitis B is pretty much zero, yet they do that. So from day one, you should be vac- you should be questioning the, the narrative and the motive behind vaccinating your children. And that's been going on forever. It's just now more apparent because which, of COVID.
0: Which goes back to risk, right? Like, so we, we were all thinking like, uh, you know, one in two out of our family is gonna die from COVID because that's like what the media yeah. was saying, where it's a 0.002%. Um, I was reading this stat and along the millennial, millennial age, which came out, you know, which they're all thinking like it was at least 2%, but 0.002% means there's how much percentage that they're gonna survive.
1: That means a 99.998% chance that if your kids got COVID, they're gonna survive and not die. Yet we've approved by we, I mean, they, they've approved the vaccine all the way down to six months. Now let's talk about that for a second. Why is it so important that we've gotten the COVID vaccine on on the childhood schedule?
0: I would like to know that, number one. And number two, going back to like, you know, comorbidities, uh, people that have health problems, but I think so many people think that they're getting healthier, and that's what they've been told, is like, I will be healthier by taking this vaccine.
1: I'll I'll squash that in a second. The, The reason why they have to get it on the childhood schedule is because in 1986, they passed what's called the Childhood Injury Act, So Ronald Reagan, of all people actually, Anthony Fauci came to Ronald Reagan and said, hey, these pharmaceutical companies are getting their asses sued off because there's a bunch of kids dying. And so we're gonna need these guys around for some sort of future pandemic, no joke, 1986. And so we should figure out a way to make it so that they're not getting sued because they're gonna lose, they're all gonna go bankrupt. So in 1986, they passed the Childhood Injury Act and they, they played it off to you the american people as a special court and a special process in a way that you for you can be heard if your child has vaccine injury and so what what happened though is is extremely difficult to even get into the court and it's difficult to be heard and if like their whole goal is to disprove your child's your child's injury and your child you have to have the lot number of the vaccine you have to have all kinds of crazy evidence spend tons of money on lawyers to even get into this thing and so Still, that being said, since then, they've paid out over $4 billion in damages, which is a lot, considering you hardly get in. So, but at that point, they removed all liability from the manufacturers of vaccines. So from
0: 1986
1: on, no matter what vaccine it is, if it's in the childhood schedule, you can't sue the government. You can't sue the manufacturer for that. You can only go to the government and ask for money from the special court which the manufacturers put money into like a little slush fund mm-hmm. to pay out all the injured children. Which is just
0: a drop in the bucket for them, totally, really. Totally, totally. it's a Four, trillion.
1: Yeah, $4 billion paid out, they're like, please. Yeah. Uh, that's like you and I throwing like, like a dollar or two at something because we got in trouble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, so then what happened from 1986 to 1990? If you're an entrepreneur, which we both are, it, Think about this, if you had no soul, first of all, and you had a product that didn't matter what, whether it hurt people or not, and the government was gonna push it, you could make tons of money off of it and you could patent it, and they, they're gonna make it mandatory, you would rush to the market with that. So from, the, from 1986 to 1990, what you see is a gigantic rise in the number of vaccines that are given to children. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, <laughs> spikes. Well, no coincidence, most childhood autoimmune diseases including autism, which is an autoimmune disease, spiked in the 1990s and has not gone back down. Right. So long story short, by getting COVID onto the childhood schedule, what they did during the emergency use author- authorization, there was no liability. So for a period of time there, while they're trying it out, anybody that got hurt can't do anything. That had to end at some point. So the only way to keep liability off of Pfizer, Moderna, et cetera, was to then shift it over into the childhood schedule now they're free from liability, whether it's you or your six month old baby.
0: Which is tragic because people think that they are taking their baby for their well care visit, you know, thinking they're doing the right thing. Where all it is, it's it's a vaccine schedule. That's all it is.
1: All it is, is an opportunity for you to be peer pressured into vaccinating your child. And so I want to tell you something, and this is, this is I know, I don't, know that, that dr jen necessarily shares this point of view but this is my point of view i don't believe that you need a, a pediatrician you don't need one um I, my kids have, my son is seven my daughter's 5 I've never been to a pediatrician in a day in their life i am their pediatrician you can be your kid's pediatrician go to a chiropractor have a great chiropractor that sees families adjust your children check your children's spine and if you have questions or health related issues go there and ask them first and you know what we have a hospital for a reason because when your children have a crisis or emergency that's what they're there for, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You wouldn't run to your pediatrician if your child had a horrible emergency anyways. you go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So the, the pediatrician is not necessary unless you want to measure the circumference of their head and weigh them and compare them against whatever you're gonna call healthy kids. It's not necessary.
0: Right. <laughs> Even the whole comparison thing always floors me because I'm like, okay, so my baby's gonna be the same as, as that couple over there that they're both over six feet. You know, I, like my husband and I are short. We're not gonna have big giant babies.
1: I mean, Our son, my wife, I weigh 165 pounds. My wife weighs 120 pounds. Our son Isaiah was 30 pounds at nine months. Like, if you know, if you know anything about that, that, like, he looked morbidly obese. People would ask us, do you guys have obesity in your, in your family? No, my wife makes liquid gold, baby. This is the best breast milk in town. And so it was 100% breastfed, he was. But if we took him to a pediatrician, they would say that he had like some sort of problem because he was too fat. Yeah. He was
0: the healthiest kid ever. Yeah. And I, 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 but, you know, again, going back to the whole scare tactic, uh, I think we've, we've had all of this taken away from us that, that we, we can be in control of our own health. We can be in control of our own uh, schooling, even, you know, all of that is like, it's so difficult that, we don't know how to handle it. So let the government do it for us.
1: Yeah, I, I want to talk about that. And so I went back and I looked at every single vaccine that's in the childhood schedule. And I looked at the peak incidence of infection for the bacteria or and or virus the year before the vaccine came out. And the only way that you can really look at the incidence and the, the percentage, like your likelihood of contracting the bacteri- bacteria or virus is you have to compare the number of people that are infected against the number of people in said population. The only statistics that I can find of infection is not by county or by state necessarily, but by in the United States. So when I compare those numbers at peak, right, whether you're children, adult, whatever, all people all people infected, there was less than a 1% chance. And so if you're watching and you're questioning whether or not you should get the vaccine, don't even make it. And if you're in a conversation with someone else about your choice on vaccinating, don't even make it about risks. Because they can mitigate that, oh, there's only one in a million kids that has that. What if it's yours is the one? But don't even go down that road. I'd rather go down the road of necessity. If your child had less than a 0.5% chance of having something even contracted, right? I don't have a good example, but your child has less than a 0.5% chance of ever getting in a fist fight. You're not going to spend your entire life training him how to to fight, just if it's never going to happen, right? You can use it a thousand different examples, but if there's not even a 0.5% chance of even contracting the virus bacteria and even less of dying of it, why are you even spending the gas money and the time to even go and get the shot? And the last point you should bring up with your friends when they're talking about whether you should or shouldn't vaccinate. Anybody that's ever gotten a vaccine or vaccinated their kids that's telling you you should do the same, they're trying to impose their belief system on you and they're they're challenging your belief system, which technically they probably shouldn't be able to do that. But the question you should turn and ask them is, do vaccines work? Because that's a great question, because either if you're trying to push me to vaccinate myself or my kid and and I say, do vaccines work? If you say no, well, then what the hell are we talking about? Why would I do something that doesn't work? If you say, yes, vaccines work, then I would reply to you, well, that's why you got the shot, right? That way you're protected. And if you're already protected, what are you worried about me and my family for? We're good. We're of no danger to you and no danger to anyone else if vaccines actually work and you got yours. The conversation's over at that point.
0: Should be. Mm -hmm. Would be. (laughs) Okay, so let's, what about polio though? Because didn't, um, wasn't polio eradicated by the...
1: Yeah, people love that, right? Like, I'm going to get the polio vaccine because my grandfather's friend's cousin's sister's brother in 1960-something was sitting there next to a paralyzed person. That po- no, they weren't. They had to
0: have the iron lung.
1: No, they weren't. Um, the iron lung is the ventilator they put people on after they vaccinated them, first of all. So 94% of the time, polio, wild polio, was asymptomatic. 94% of the time you get polio, not even know it. 5% of the time... You would have diarrhea stomach ache like you ate like get yeah, food poisoning that was polio one percent of the time with wild polio there was paralysis but what happened was they lied about that they made a big deal out of that that it was everywhere so they started vaccinating with the oral polio vaccine the oral polio vaccine is what actually created a bunch of paralysis so much so that they took away that vaccine and introduced a new vaccine that's an injection because the paralysis level was so high and by the way Polio has been eradicated in the Western Hemisphere since the 1980s. And if you go back and look at a certain website, which the links are in Project 180, I wanna invite everybody to go get Project 180. It's goproject180.com. It's all your vaccine resources you're ever gonna need. There's a link in there to a website talking about polio outbreaks. And if there was a polio outbreak here in the United States, what they would do is they would pull back and get rid of the current vaccine and reinstitute the oral because it's the only one that actually worked. Polio is a fecal-oral disease, meaning you have to get crap in your mouth, fecal-oral. So you have to get crap in your mouth from somebody who has polio who crapped and somehow that got in your mouth. So the likelihood of you getting polio or your kids getting polio if you live in a modern industrialized world and you wash your hands and you eat clean food. Hygiene. Hygiene is virtually nothing. Mm -hmm. But yet they want you to vaccinate your child with it at two months, four months, and six months.
0: And if you look at the natural progression of any, um, let's, let's say polio, for instance, or even COVID, because we had this conversation earlier. And when they look at, you know, you could look at the incidence of, of polio. You said like when it was at its peak, the um, introduction of the vaccine was like here. So it had already reached its peak. It had already gone through the population. It was on its back, its way back down because they're, they're self-eliminating.
1: Right, but also when you look at that same graph, they came out with, like, toilets then. Like, the public, the sanitation level went way up right before the Mm -hmm. the virus went down because there wasn't sewage going through the streets. Like, I'm not getting other people's poop in my mouth anymore. Wow, I guess I'm good. That's what happened, not the vaccine saved the world.
0: Right. And you wouldn't know, actually, if you were, if you had reaction from the polio vaccine because they don't call it that.
1: No, it's called acute it has a, some Mylo, other name, Milo, whatever.
0: Cephalitis or something along those lines, which is, yeah. So, um, that's saying that narratives not new, right? It's just now people are like saying, let's talk about it. What do you do? You want to find out for more information, go to go project um, you poured your heart and soul into that and just helping people to just even create that conversation. Cause I think there's a lot of people out here that just like, don't even know the questions to ask or where do they even, you know, start.
1: If you're watching this, you you may be somebody that just, you know, you turn it off because you don't want to have the the, the difficult conversation. But most of you watching or listening want to be able to have the facts and be able to create a stance so you can explain your own beliefs. And that's why I created goproject180.com. But again, most importantly, and what you and I always connect on the most and want to end the show with is is listen, if you're getting adjusted, if you're eating really well, if you're outside, you're creating your own food, you're teaching your kids, like we homeschool our kids, we, we teach them that they're supposed to be healthy, not sick. My son has a penis, my daughter has a vagina. They know that, right? It's, it may not be normal in this world today, but if you teach your family the way that God created you to, then you're gonna have as intended outcomes. You're gonna be healthy. You're not gonna need to run to a needle or run to a pill or run to some other potion or lotion.
0: Mm-hmm. The, the, the comorbidities then become almost non existent. None. That's the thing. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if anything, basics start with that. You know, start cleaning up your lifestyle, looking towards clean foods, clean fuels, clean thoughts, even, you know, those things. And then the other stuff is just outliers, really. So, uh, I'm really excited that we can be a part of that coming up in the future as we are um, producing supplement line that is clean fuel sourced for you. Um, I'm excited for all the works that Dr. Stephen Baker has. Um, check out his podcast as well, Living As Intended. Um, I am definitely going to be um, tuning in. For sure. I'm excited. Do you have a certain day that those come out or do they, is it just,
1: we, we release at least one a week. Um, but no, there's not a specific day. Sometimes it's Monday, Wednesday, or Friday. I record a lot of videos with other doctors around the world. And then we just got to edit that and then get it out there.
0: Love it. Okay. All right, guys. Um, see you next time here in the pain cave and Dr. Steve, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.